You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Tuesday. Could have some interesting news about Sean McVay's future. Have that for you coming up here momentarily. Michelle Tafoya had her last game in the Super Bowl. Sideline reporter for NBC Sports. She will join us. And Eric Weddle, the Rams defensive back. He has gone back into retirement after winning the Super Bowl. He'll join us coming up as well. You can stop by in a variety of ways. You can dial us up, email. You can tweet, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock. Streaming partners and uh, radio affiliates around the country, including Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio. Last night, the Nets snapped their 11-game losing streak, and the Nets were without Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, but they got the win over Sacramento. The Nets are right now the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, and the way things are going, the Nets could continue to drop in the standings. Durant is rehabbing his sprained knee. Ben Simmons still needs to get into game shape and build some chemistry, and Kyrie's vaccination status will allow him to play in just eight of Brooklyn's final 26 games. You're not going to be climbing up the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, You know, when you start to look at your roster, the Nets, when the big three returns, then all of a sudden they're going to be a different team, and they could do damage in the postseason, but you still have the Kyrie Irving issue. Does Ben Simmons have enough time to mesh with this team? I did love them getting Seth Curry. Seth Curry was big last night. The Nets' talented roster could be looking at a trip to the play-in tournament, and who would have thought that when this season began? Poll question for Hour 2. How about the results from Hour 1, seat, and then we'll turn our attention to Hour 2. Poll question from Hour 1. Kyler Murray is misbehaving, running away with it over half the vote, followed by miserable. Misunderstood, only 10% of the vote. People not buying that. Didn't Cindy Crawford's son get a tattoo under his tie, uh, under his eye that says misunderstood? <laughs> <laughs> Do you imagine? And he's a young kid, a good-looking kid. He's a model. But I think Cindy Crawford, one of the more famous models, a supermodel, and I think her son had misunderstood under his eye. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Handsome kid. Look, Mom, got a tattoo. Where? Oh, under your eye. She's like, I don't understand why you would do that. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> exactly. You never get me. I don't understand why you would do something like that. Yes, Molly. You know, you think a guy who's uh, a young kid who's uh, Cindy Crawford's son. You wouldn't get understood under there, right? No. You wouldn't put understood under no. your eye. Yeah, Paul. You think his, that kid's got a great life. His dad's a rich guy. His mom's rich and successful. But when he was like in fifth and sixth grade, Hey, can I sleep over at your house tonight? <laughs> uh, are you going to have a sleepover time? You know, being Cindy Crawford's son, yeah. all the local kids want to hang out at your Hi, house. Mrs. Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> when, when are you having a cookout? I want to see your mom again. You guys got a pool? <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Crawford. Uh, I went on the internet and I Googled your mom. <laughs> Ted, you need some help with homework? I'll come over. And then uh, Cindy's husband is uh, Randy Gerber, who helped start the tequila brand with uh, George Clooney. Casamigos. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he's, I think he's doing okay. Good for you, Randy. Yeah. Finally got a break. Got, got a break in life. <laughs> got a break in life. Okay. Hour two poll question, then I'll give you uh, my information on Sean McVay. Hour two poll question. We're going with this one from Paulie. Matthew Stafford is going to the Hall of Fame and should go. It's going to the Hall of Fame, but I'm not ready to call it yet. If you said I had to decide today, I think he's going to the Hall of Fame, but I'm not ready to call it yet. 
Well, let, you know, he's got a couple more years, and if he would add another Super Bowl, then I think it would be a slam dunk. And yes, I understand this. When you say Matthew Stafford, has he ever been the best quarterback? No. MVP? No. Been to how many All-Pros? Not Pro Bowls. How many All-Pros? You're going to throw for 60, 70,000 yards? Okay. Yeah, Paul. This is going to call off negative. I'm just reading stats. Okay. Matthew Stafford has made one Pro Bowl in 12. That's um, impossible to make one Pro Bowl. 13 years, one Pro Bowl. He has never led the league in any category Mac except. Mac Jones has as many Pro Bowl appearances as Matthew Stafford. Mitch Trubisky has as many. Vince uh, Young has more that's right. than Matthew Stafford. Okay, he has never led the league in touchdown passes. Right. He has never led the league in yardage, believe it or not. He has never led the league in completion percentage. He has led the league in one category in his career, interceptions this season. Mm. So here's my question. Okay. If somehow on the last play of the game, remember when Joe Burrow's about to fall down, Jamar Chase got loose. If Joe Burrow hits Jamar Chase for the game-winning touchdown, Matthew Stafford is not being discussed as a Hall of Famer, correct? Yes. So is, is it that tenuous? Yes. Fascinating, right? Yes. If Matt Ryan beats Tom Brady in the year he won the MVP, he's in. Now you might have doubt, even though he was an MVP. I think Matt Ryan's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think Matthew Stafford is going to get in, but I'm far more lenient when it comes to the Hall of Fame than the voters. Yeah, Paul. In comparison to Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan has been a Pro Bowler four times, an All-Pro once, and an MVP once. We have Eric Weddle coming up. Can you check his career? Because I started to wonder, is Eric Weddle a Hall of Famer? I think he played like 15 years, and he might have been All-Pro quite a few, maybe six times. Some I, I thought he had that many All-Pros. Not Pro Bowls, All-Pros. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you're right. Uh, six uh, Pro Bowls for Eric Weddle. Two All-Pros okay. for Eric Weddle. He led the league in interceptions one season with the Chargers. Yeah. He did go to Baltimore during the back half of his career and kind of got mixed in with all the talent there. But he has uh, six Pro Bowls. He didn't win an, a Super Bowl with Baltimore, did he? He did not. Okay. But he spent the lion's share of his career with the Chargers and didn't get as much national attention. Yes, yeah, Seaton. Quick side topic. Okay. From hour one. Okay. But 28 minutes ago, Aaron Donald put on his Instagram story yeah. just the words, world champion. <laughs> that bothers you. Well, I think it bothers me more if I've upset Aaron Donald. Okay. That's not a dude that I need to yeah. be like, I, hey, I said world champion. Yeah, Seton had a problem with uh, Sean McVay during the game. Say, hey, this is, this is for the world championship. Instead of for the Super Bowl. Like, did he need to exaggerate it to get his players excited? Like, if you just said, hey, this is for the Super Bowl. Okay. This is for the world championship. Oh, in that case. Oh, okay. Now I'm I'm going to go out there. Just seems like funny timing that he just put the, just those two words. There's no picture or anything. Hmm. The timing of it with us bringing up world championship. This is right. Mm-hmm. Lines up that timeline. All right, Darren. All right. Congratulations. No yeah. Congratulations, the, Aaron. The ring is still awesome. It's not taking that away. All right. I heard from a source this morning because I was curious about Sean McVay. And uh, source uh, sent me a note about 20 minutes ago. Been told by a couple of people who uh, would be close enough to Sean, maybe leverage, but there's enough interest on both sides for him to go to ESPN. So just something to file away. Interest on both sides. And he's 36 years of age, two Super Bowls, got the win in one of them. 
I don't know. He's getting married. I don't know if, you know, he would. You jump into Monday Night Football, then all of a sudden that's a job you can keep for a decade. You can always come out of the booth, as John Gruden did. But this is just from a source who knows people who uh, are, are close. I'll give you the wording because I said uh, my source reached out at 9.05 this morning, and I didn't see it till around 9.30. Uh, McVeigh going to the mothership, question mark. And I went, oh, really? Been told by a couple of people who would be close enough to him, maybe a leverage move, but enough interest on both sides. Yeah, Paul. Sean McVeigh, the Super Bowl winning uh, coach, makes $8.5 million per season reportedly, which is exactly half of what Tony Romo makes to call games. Think about that for a second. It's no longer a pay cut to go to the media. And Sean McVeigh has total leverage today. Yes, and, and I would think this is a leverage move. But I, I don't know Sean McVay. I don't know if we've ever had him on the show. Yes, he Dude's 36 years old. Yeah. You're going to walk away from the NFL after getting a ring? He could, he could stack up 10 more of them. You can go back. John Madden retired at 40, I think. And, and plus, you leave as the Super Bowl winning coach. You can put him in the booth. And I don't know how good he'd be as an analyst. I also wondered about Odell Beckham. Because at some point, is a network or networks going to reach out to OBJ? And, and I would think being an in-studio analyst, not a game analyst. But I, I think that that's a real possibility. I would want to see Odell Beckham. I don't want to necessarily hear him as much as take advantage of how he looks, the charisma that he has. But I could see where OBJ would be an in-studio analyst as well. You know, people didn't think Randy Moss was going to be a good analyst. And he's entertaining. Michael Irvin. You know, they're guys who, and normally we put coaches in the booth, you put quarterbacks in the booth. But as far as an analyst and a panel, you know, you want to go to the mothership, get a lot of run there, a lot of exposure there. Yeah, Paul. Sean McVay, I saw a couple articles comparing him to... uh... John Gruden when he left the sport. Gruden was 48 years old when he left coaching to take the job at mm. ESPN. Mm. 12 years older than McVay. A couple of phone calls in here. We spent a little time talking about Kyler Murray, and somebody's got to tell him this goes along with the territory. You get scrutinized. You're going to be the scapegoat. You're going to get blame. You're going to get a whole lot of credit. You're going to get a whole lot of money as well. Time to be a leader. You want to be a leader? Now's when you show it. Hey, when, when we're down, we didn't do well the second half of the season. We bowed out. It was disappointing. Be a leader. Not, hey, I want out of here. Feels like that's a leverage play as well. Is everything going to be okay if you give him you know, $45 million? You give him a Josh Allen kind of contract? I'd make him play this next season. How about we do some damage in the postseason? Now, he's made two Pro Bowls, and he was Rookie of the Year. And I do think he is a starting quarterback, a franchise quarterback in the NFL. But you need an organization to be buying into what makes him great, his skills. And it feels like Arizona's done that. Paul in Las Vegas. Hi, Paul. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. First time, long time. 61165. Two quick things for you on the Kyler Murray story. This should not be a surprise to anybody. If you go back to 2015 when he was a – first-time starter at Texas A&M. He crumbled under the pressure. He couldn't beat out Kyle Allen. He threw a temper tantrum and transferred out. This story is just a replay of what anybody who's an A&M fan knew long, long time ago. And secondly, real quick, 
Um, one of the things that I love about this trade for Ben Simmons, he's going to one of the best uh, to a coach who's one of the best free throw shooters in the league, Steve Nash. If Steve can turn around this guy's free throw shooting, we'll see a complete turnaround in Ben Simmons' career. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. All right. Thank you, Paul. I agree. You know, it's all about confidence. You go to the line and you want to go to the line. I always wanted to go to the line. I wanted to get fouled. I knew I was going to make at least eight out of ten. I was confident. Ben doesn't want to go to the line because he doesn't want to be embarrassed. There's certain players that, uh, and we saw this with Lonzo Ball. Even, you know, LeBron's not a good free throw shooter. Like, you, you want to be, you want the ball. You want to go to the line. And if Steve can help him with form, uh, if KD can help him a little bit there, you know, then maybe you have something. Maybe you, the ceiling is really high for Ben. I just want to know if Ben wants to be great. He might just want to be a celebrity. If that's the case, we got a problem. Kevin in North Carolina. Hi, Kevin. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hi, Kevin. So, um, so you got Brady and Stafford, you know, back-to-back, coming from different teams. I know different spectrums of the win-loss thing, but where does this put players and other GMs? Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Foster. Now it becomes more appealing to salvage the future from where I'm standing as a Vikings fan. So it's changed two to three first-rounders, and let's go get it. Got a bad connection there, Kev. Uh but you got Kirk Cousins, I think. You're a Vikings fan. Yes, Paul. I think he was trying to say, reading between the drops, uh, that if I'm a Vikings fan, I, I move on and, and pursue a new oh, quarterback okay. like the Rams did. Hmm. Don't stand pat with Jared Goff. Don't stand pat with Alex Smith like what the Chiefs did. How about this? Tom Brady, Tampa Bay. Matthew Stafford, Los Angeles. Super Bowl is where next year? Kyler Murray, Arizona. Mm-hmm. No pressure. No, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Looks like the streak's going to end with two. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Buzzkill. Uh, Gibbs in Virginia is back. Hi, Gibbs. What's on your mind? What's up, Dano? You kind of took the wind out of my sails with that uh, last Kyler Murray, Murray comment. Uh, Gay in Arizona had a good take, though, doing his best Bill Polian on the air. Uh, shout out to Seaman and the international kids for doing the uh, cross country trip. I want to give uh, Polly props for giving me the best. When I was doing my cross country trip, I called in last year, and Polly gave me the best barbecue spot in Kansas City, Slaps Barbecue. Uh, kudos to you, Polly. We hit it. Excellent. Thank you for all of that. Glad to help. Um, and uh, I, I I wanted to call in and uh, ask if y'all have been listening to McLovin's show, and I'll answer that. Neither have I. So thank you. <laughs> Shout out to McLovin. Not exactly Atticus Finch here, but I want to leave you with uh, sort of a, a little bit of a, a, a legal question. Uh, this Brian Flores situation, um, I haven't been listening to y'all full content all the time recently, but, like, where do you see that going? I don't think that the filing was handled well, the fact that it's a class action suit and everything. But, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know where it's going, Gibbs. Thank you. Not a lawyer with this, but I wonder, does the NFL want this 
you know, to go to court arbitration? Do they want that? How does that look? I think it's hard for Brian Flores to prove the other part of this, that he didn't get hired. He even thinks it was retaliation by the Texans that he filed the lawsuit and then they didn't hire him either. The part that I think he can win is the Stephen Ross with the Dolphins because there's a dollar figure attached to this. This, And we said this at the time, and I think this is going to happen. Stephen Ross, I was joking. Right? That, to me, is going to be part of the defense of Stephen Ross. From what I'm told, he will use the, oh, I was joking. This program brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the DP show. We'll talk to Michelle Tofoya uh, about her final performance, her final game on the sidelines there with NBC on Sunday night. And uh, had that interview with Aaron Donald. Does she think he's going to retire? Does she think Sean McVay may move into the booth with the mothership? Also, Eric Weddle will join us coming up in an hour from now. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. M-Drive, more energy, lean muscle, losing weight. When it comes to health and fitness, we all have different goals. And this is when you can start your new year, okay? It's a small change in your daily routine. Eating right, regular exercise, taking M-Drive. Daily supplement for driven men packed with clinically tested ingredients that support healthy testosterone levels, boost energy, so you can compete all year long, no matter what your age is. Go to mdrivedan.com, get it delivered right to your door. They also offer free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Nothing to lose. Also find it at Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Vitamin Shop. You need healthy habits to stay in the game and achieve your goals. And M-Drive is one habit that will give you that T-support, that energy, that strength, that stamina to make sure you're fueling your performance every single day. Pick it up at Rite Aid, Vitamin Shop, Walgreens, or better yet, go to mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Nothing to lose. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Peacock is your destination for exclusive shows. Covering the Winter Olympics, the Olympic show, Olympic ice, and winter gold. Feature the biggest moments, most compelling wins, all streaming daily only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com and sign up now. More phone calls coming up. Michelle Tafoya, NBC Sunday Night Football sideline reporter, past tense. She worked her fifth Super Bowl on Sunday on NBC and Peacock. A four-time winner for a Sports Emmy, outstanding personality sports reporter, former colleague at NBC and not retiring, but uh, what was it like when you walked off the field for the final time? Oh my gosh, Dan. Hi. Um, I'll tell you something. I, I had kept it together and kept it together because, you know, I've been planning on this for years now. And then I decided as I was leaving, you know, maybe I should just sort of look back at where I am walking away from and look back at the field and just sort of take it in and, remember this. And I lost it. I lost it. Um, I didn't like sob, but I, I cried. I, uh, I looked back I, that stadium is beautiful. at SoFi, as you know, it was still full of energy and people. And, and I just looked at the lights and I looked at the field and I said, I'm not going to be back like this here again, or at any stadium for that matter. And I kind of, 
I kind of like the whole thing sort of flashed before my eyes. It was, it was, it was a moment, um, sort of bittersweet, uh, but amazing. How physically demanding, take us onto the field. You're trying to get Aaron Donald after the game. And how does that work where game ends and then all of a sudden it's chaos? They tell you, and when I say they, the team's PR staff, your camera crew, your sideline producer, everyone that's helping says, you stand here, we'll get Aaron. And you're standing there and it's my nature to go chase the guy down myself because it's like, where is he? (laughs) You know, so we got to get this done. So it's, um, you know, it can be physically, it is chaotic, but you don't care because you're, you're, you're single-mindedly pursuing this, this person and thinking about what you're going to ask. And so you care less about the chaos. You see right through it somehow and you just, you just get it done. But I will say I was talking to him and when McVeigh came up behind him to hug him, my arm was stuck between them. That was a little bit of an uncomfortable (laughs) moment. It was kind of a weird sort of position to be in. And how much time do you know you have with Aaron Donald post game on the field? I did. I really didn't know, Dan. Um, I didn't know. I, I know someone in my ear will, will go wrap it, you know, if I'm going too long, but for me, it's as, as long as it's compelling. And as long as it's, uh, you know, you don't want to keep the guy forever. He wants to go be with his teammates. You know, you have a job to do, but you're trying to be sensitive to all those elements of the moment. And, um, So I knew it was going to be three questions, maybe four max. And I think that's what we did. But also, you know, you have something because he's crying. And then you you want to be sensitive to him being sensitive himself. Uh, And there's that fine line of, am I milking this? And how do you judge that? Um, You you just put it really nicely. You You don't want to milk it. You don't want to be like, let's just see how much we can get him to cry. But you do want to let him be authentic. Uh, you want to know what's behind the tears. You, you obviously, on a human level, we all know what's there, right? It's this moment of incredible victory, of a lifetime of waiting for just this. You know that's all there. You don't want to put that into his mouth. You want to ask him. You want him to tell you what it is. So you're trying to find clever ways to get there, um, and at the same time, let him let him talk about that final play because that that did the game in. That iced it, right? So. Um, it, there's just a, I don't know, it's a balancing act that, and you never get it perfectly right, but you try. And then Rodney Harrison pregame says, Hey, wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Donald walks away. And I'm like, wait, Rodney's now an insider. And I was going to text him to say, Rodney, do you know what you just said? Because now it's part of the game. And even yeah. afterwards, uh, you know, are you thinking, can I ask him? Should I ask him? How do I ask him about retiring? Yeah, and I had to, because if you don't, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in that minute, Dan, because people, if you don't ask, you get criticized. When you do ask, you get criticized, but uh, I had to. Um, and, and, and in fact, I used it in my open, too, because Rodney had reported that to us, that he was thinking about, you know, look, if I win this thing, maybe I'll go away and, and call it a career. So we used that in my opening on camera, and then you've got to bookend it. You have to ask the question. You just, and and I thought, it was kind of telling that he said, I'm just going to soak this in for now. And I totally respected that. And I knew we probably weren't going to get a definitive answer, but you know, when I did my first Super Bowl, it was Pittsburgh. Jerome Bettis was thinking about retiring. And I did a, I recorded my post game interview with him 
He told me he was going to retire. And then they, they ditched my recorded interview with him and grabbed someone to do it live. I think it was Tariko who stole that moment. So, <laughs> so you know, and so I was just going to, I was going to ask. More likely to walk away, Aaron Donald or Sean McVay? Aaron Donald. I mean, if I, if I had to weigh those, this, you know, we asked Sean McVay about that on Saturday. We had a final conference call with him and he's like, shoot, they asked me, you know, am I going to do this till I'm 60? Well, so, but, but then I've also seen some interesting little, or I should say picked up on some interesting vibes coming out of industry folks that think, you know, he has an opportunity to go do what John Gruden once did, which is walk away from coaching for a while, do some TV, relax, and he, he's young enough he could go back to coaching again. My gosh, he's a Super Bowl champion. I was told that this morning by a source who said there's interest on both sides with ESPN and Sean McVay. Yep. And my source said, I don't know if it's a leverage play. Same thing with Aaron Donald. I don't know if this is a leverage play. Same thing with Kyler Murray, with what's going on with him, leverage yeah. play. It, well, with Kyler, it would seem more of a leverage play. He's so early in his career. And we were talking about Aaron Donald and how great he is. But think about, you know, guys that did walk away when they were at their prime and they were still able to enjoy the rest of their lives. I mean, Aaron Donald has worked his, un am I allowed to say ass off on your show? Yes, you just did. Okay. Okay. He's worked his ass off for so long. I thought one of the things he said in the interview was so sweet. He said, I promised my five-year-old daughter that I would win a Super Bowl. And now he's delivered that to her. Maybe he's promising her more, more daddy-daughter time, too. We don't know that. And so, you know, for a guy who just his whole life is about work and staying fit, maybe he's ready. Who knows? Yeah, but maybe he buys her a couple of ponies, Michelle, and he continues to play. I mean... If, I, if you say to your five-year-old, do you want a couple of ponies or do you want daddy to be home all the time? I know what my five-year-old would have said. Ponies. No. Oh, she oh wants... of course not. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Listen, cash, mom. I Don't, don't yeah. buy the pony. Give me money. <laughs> Give me the American Express card and I'm good. No, you know, I do remember my daughter once uh, I came home from the end of a season and there was a note on my desk that said, I'm so glad football season is over. Oh. And, you know, it, it, it just yanked it. It was like, oh, my gosh, you don't think your kids are thinking about that. But they are. They, they love you being around. Um, I, everyone has their own story. So I'll be really eager to see what Aaron does. He's a phenomenal player. He, look, he's achieved about everything you can achieve, right? What, what do you have left to do except, I guess, make more money? Michelle Tafoya, NBC Sunday Night Football sideline reporter. Uh, Odell Beckham and that storyline postgame for you. Uh, the importance of, of hearing from OBJ was, was what? Well, I, I, we didn't get to hear from him. I, I didn't get to see it either, Dan. What did he say postgame? Was, was there somewhere that he spoke? Because... What I saw was he came back out onto the sideline dressed in, you know, his sweats. I saw him celebrating. I, he didn't, he looked happy, but for a guy who had caught a touchdown in the, in the Super Bowl, and then, you know, you saw it happen. It's one of those, no one hit him. It was non-contact. It was this, this moment. If the guy has torn his ACL again, I, I'm crushed for him. We had a really great discussion with OBJ the, the week of the Super Bowl, where he confessed a lot of stuff about how the catch in New York was a blessing and a curse. Be careful what you wish for, because it changed his life, both good and bad. 
um, how he was too young maybe for that all that attention in New York City. Um, what happened in Cleveland, how he felt when he left Cleveland, how much soul searching he did, and how he's really, he feels he's grown up a lot from all of those things. It was a truly compelling interview with him that we had. And so we were all a little heartbroken for him not to be able to finish that game. I was also wondering about him in the media. You know, it's another knee injury. Uh, Good-looking guy, charisma. Yeah. Could you see him in a, in a studio environment? That's a great point. I could, because I, I don't think people understand how, how deep this kid is as the thinker. And um, because you don't get that opportunity very often to just sit down with a guy with no cameras around and just talk. And that's what we did with him during the week when we went up to Rams practice. And it was, we were all just like spellbound. I mean, we were all just, I I don't want to exaggerate, but we were all, I don't know that people were taking notes because we were just listening and absorbing what this guy's been through. And it was fascinating. Now, I think he can find a way to channel that. He is a good looking guy. He's got a lot of accomplishments uh, on his resume. He knows the game. Um, people, he, he can, you can think of him as a polarizing character. I think he's going to come around to being a beloved character. Well, we've seen wide receivers do this. Who knew Randy Moss would be a good studio analyst or Michael Irvin right. would be a charismatic guy. Like th- this, yeah. ha- this happens and it feels like he would be a natural. So let the audience know what is next for Michelle Tafoya. Well, you know, what's gotten picked up the most is that I'm I'm helping to run a campaign in Minnesota. We've got a guy running for governor there, Kendall Qualls, who I'm very supportive of and am going to be the co-chair of his campaign. Um, Dan, I know this is going to sound corny and dumb. I don't care. I really don't care what people think. Every morning I wake up and there is a palpable pull at my chest like a, a you've got to go do something that helps people out. We are in a bad place in this country. I am the daughter of American dreamers. You know, my dad's a first generation um, Latino here. My mom grew up poor, dirt poor in the depression. My whole family lived the American dream. I, be- I believe in it. And uh, I, gotta, I gotta help in whatever way I can. I've taken enough of the American dream. I want other people to believe in it. Um, I want people to be stop being told what they can't do and being told what they can do uh, because the opportunities here are limitless. And I'm tired of people being told, oh, you can't get that. No, it's unfair here. There is a lot of unfairness in life, but there's a lot more opportunity. And I, I, I just need to find a way to help move that along somehow, some way. Uh, it's an honor to have worked with you. And uh... right back at you, Pally. And uh, and good luck, and and hopefully you get that that uh, quality time at home. Because you know I left ESPN, and people said you're crazy, and I said I'm I'm not crazy if I'm going home to my kids. But exactly, you know what? Mix in a Viking game occasionally. Maybe do like a preseason sideline. You know, just to keep ready, just in case, like Tom Brady. I mean, who knows, <laughs> Michelle? Who knows? More likely to come back, you or Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Okay. No question. Uh, Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Be well. Michelle Tafoya, NBC uh, Football Night in America sideline reporter. And that was her fifth Super Bowl. And uh, once uh, sports Emmy, four of them for sideline reporting. Uh, You know, I'm lucky. Lucky to work with quality people. And she was certainly up there. You know, as far as being professional, 
And really, that's what it's about. It's just, it's not how old you are, young. If you're male, female, are you professional? And uh, two of the most professional people I ever work with, Andrea Kramer and, uh, and Michelle. And I've worked with so many, and they are professional. But when you have somebody who's so buttoned up, they make you <laughs> kind of re- reconsider, are you buttoned up when you're ready to do your job as well? You want to stay on their level. And she was certainly uh, one of those people. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you were watching on Peacock, the live look in, we were talking about Valentine's Day. You try to get through Valentine's Day unscathed. Well, I forgot it was Valentine's Day yesterday. So I left the house, out the door, taking the dog, going to work. And then my wife texts me and says, uh, oh, uh, by the way, happy Valentine's Day. And I went, oh, my God. And I was like, uh, too late to do anything and i said uh, sorry she goes no no worries i forgot too i went okay that's good Whew. she remembered before i remembered so all day yesterday i think i called her four times and i'd say happy valentine's day and then i'd see her late happy valentine's day she goes okay point made yeah see be awesome if when she said oh by the way happy valentine's day you'd be like yeah i've been waiting <laughs> no <laughs> you just flipped it and be like yeah, yeah about time yeah god yeah, yeah. But we should get stuff, too. Right? I mean, it's Valentine's Day. I didn't get a gift. You know, it'd be nice. Yes, Fritzy. But you shouldn't feel bad that you didn't say it first. The world is very different now. There's no, like, you know, who says it first and the guy has to say it okay. to the girl. I just, okay. we're in a whole new world where if she said it first, good for her. And then you go, yeah, you too. Happy Valentine's Day. And what color is the sky in that world, Todd? <laughs> yeah, you must be new here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dark. Was, I'm sorry. That's guys. Uh, and and today is is Singles Day. National Singles Day. Single Awareness Day. S A D. Sad. <laughs> but it's a real thing. Singles Awareness Day. You would think if you're single after Valentine's Day, you don't need to have any awareness that you're a loser, right? But if you look at the letters, Singles Awareness Day, sad. Yeah, see. See, I think they messed this up, right. the singles. All right. They shouldn't have it the day after Valentine's Day. They should have it the day before Valentine's Day. Because some people who are single just spent the whole day yesterday being like, ah, I'm alone still. I'm never going to find anyone. And then today it's like, oh, no, it's okay. You're going to be okay. It's fine to be single. <laughs> Instead, they should have done a preemptive, like, hey, just a reminder, tomorrow there's going to be a holiday about people who are, don't worry about it. You're good. They have a holiday about you being a loser. That's, <laughs> that's right after Valentine's Day. No offense. Yes, Paulie. Do we get a hall pass this year with Valentine's Day at all because the Super Bowl was on a Sunday, the 13th? So our head was there. If you're like a bro who watches a lot of sports, mm. do you get that kind of hall pass this <laughs> year? 
<laughs> I don't think so. I took my wife out to dinner uh, on Saturday night, like a preemptive strike. Okay. It seemed to work. Yes, Todd. What about those that say conscious choice that they're single? They're not a loser. They, they, they're busy. they got work. they got other responsibilities. They, they have no time for a relationship. Mm. Or are they rationalizing their loneliness by saying, I choose to not have any I, I chose to be single for a long period of time uh, when I was uh, getting out of high school, going to college. My first two years of college, I was choosing to be single. You're being facetious. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, and long hair. I had a, a unibrow, and I had acne. I mean, come on, who wants some of that? 6'3", about 175. Uh, height and weight, Bell, Marvin. Let's go. Sleep at the wheel. Come on. Come on. Yeah, that's me. Single awareness. There's somebody for everybody, though. Someone out there somewhere just maybe didn't run into you would have found that hot, that whole no, thing they, you just no, described. No? No. Definitely not? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, see. The uh, You know, it's funny, too, because I never had any interest in getting married at all. I never wanted to get married, never wanted to have kids. And that's actually one of the first things that uh, me and my now wife and mother of my son talked about the day we met. Never getting married, never having kids. You yeah. too? Let's Woo! go. Let's go grab a drink. All right, girl. Who was single the longest here? I got married at 30. Todd? 20 days after my 30th birthday. Okay. Seton? Uh... I think I was, I was somewhere in my early 30s, maybe 30, something like that. All right. Paulie? Got married at 35 years old. Loser. Or winner. Uh, <laughs> think it through. Or? I don't know. I, I fell love, found love five years before, you know, so I was lucky. I found a lot of love between you, 30 and 35. You, Didn't you, last. You felt like, I think. <laughs> a lot of like. I'm getting texts from single people now, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Very unhappy. <laughs> Today's not a good day for you. And I agree. Singles Awareness Day, the day before Valentine's Day. It should be. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. I have a couple buddies who are single, and they're going wire to wire. They declared it like when they were young, mm. and now they're not young anymore, and they're perfectly, at least outwardly. They fine. tell you that. They've got convertibles. <laughs> they don't, they've got a lot of credit card debt. I noticed that. They're just substituting one thing for another thing. <laughs> That's all. Can't put a price tag on love, Todd. And you can't choose to be single. If you meet that special <laughs> soulmate somebody that's out there, you can't just declare, oh, I'm never walking down the aisle ever. But Leonardo DiCaprio, is he really happy? He's ecstatic, I would think. Yes, Marv. Tons of L.A. work out there. Yes, he's doing L.A. work. David Spade, he's going <laughs> wire to wire. Wire to wire. Work. Yeah, holiday work, man. Dang, dude. Yeah. Al Pacino's got a couple of kids, but Hello. he didn't get married. Hoo-ha! Uh, anybody else that we're missing on the singles list there? Uh, George Clooney for a long time there. He was fighting him off, too. But yes, that he was. The sexiest hey, man alive. Paul, yeah. you're sort of the George Clooney of our group. Then You <laughs> held out the longest. I'll take it. Yeah. Five more years to sow the oats. God bless him. I know. And then Paulie always has the, it, my favorite story is Paulie dated uh, a woman who looked like uh, Wednesday from the Adams Family. Yeah, a hot Wednesday from oh, the well, Adams Family. She, Just to be clear. She, she looked like Wednesday from Adams Family. She had pigtails. And I think I even said to Paulie, I said, uh, hey, uh, how long have you been seeing Wednesday? <laughs> and he goes, what? I said, she looks like Wednesday from the Adams Family. Good line. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of singles. Barry in Long Island. Hey, Barry. 
Dan, 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 Dan. You poor suckers. Oh, I got to go buy flowers. Oh, I got to take her out to dinner. Man, you guys buy into the hype. And just remember, I do what I want, when I want, if I want. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. The voice of a generation it right is. there. It is. You know, he's what an a, icon. Barry's in his 60s, and he does what he wants, when he wants, if he wants to. But no one says, how about throwing out the garbage once in a while, run the dishwasher, none of that. Yeah, but your wife Take doesn't do that to you. She does not. She lets me get away with way too much. Yes. You don't do any household chores. A lot of napping. I'm booking guests right now. No. I can't. You're booked <laughs> for the next three days. I can't. My back. My back. Um, Ryan in Honolulu. Aloha, Dan. Aloha, Ryan. Ah, Great vibes on the show today. Um, I guess you guys will have a kick in to step after your Valentine's night with your lady. I've got some Valentine's Day sports names for you. Okay, here we go. NFL linebacker, Bill Romantikski. All right. Romanowski, okay. Soccer star. Zinedine, the dinner date. <laughs> okay. Right. That one's A couple solid. of baseball ones here. Randy, Red Rose Arena. All right. Randy. What about Randy Ken? Rose Arena. Ken Gifty Jr. Ken Gifty Jr. <laughs> Gifty. No, that one. What about no, a if, guy? No, if Fritzy did that one, I would, I would rough him up. That one was not good. All right. What about a backroom guy? Tyler, the online data. <laughs> Tyler, the moderator, got, the online data. Okay. We've got uh, NBA stars. DeMar, dozen roses. <laughs> That's good. DeMar. New York, New York coach, Tom Cupido. Speaking of Cupid, you need to Tim Tebow and Arrow. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ryan. Uh Fritzy, I'm not touching that. You've banned me from my my X-rated ones when I went with like Reggie Tongue and Louis Lips and Maurice Cheeks. You didn't like them. <laughs> I banned you, and you still brought him I back. Know, I still brought those up. I know. Maurice Cheeks. No body part names. On no, Valentine's I Day. said that to you. You Good. can't. You go. I got some Valentine's uh, sports names, but they're body parts. I go. No. No. Family show. Eric Weddle, join us coming up. One more item as we close out our two Panini, the official trading cards of the NFL, also the Dan Patrick Show. You can get all the iconic brands like Donruss, Prism, Contenders, National Treasures, and more to deliver instant classic trading cards of the most popular players like Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and so many more. And with autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, there is something for everyone in Panini America packs. And it's more than just the NFL because Panini is the exclusive home for NBA, UFC, NASCAR, and collegiate trading cards. Some of the uh, top rookies this year, Jamar Chase, Mac Jones, Micah Parsons, Trevor Lawrence, celebrate all of them with the Panini Instant. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net to see the hottest trending products and sign up to get all of the latest galleries straight to your inbox. PaniniAmerica.net. PaniniAmerica.net. The official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show.